One of the great things about doing the podcast is I really get to meet interesting people from all over the world, and this week is no exception. I'm talking with Helga Vigfostater. And Helga, I apologize for that pronunciation, but I know you pronounce it correctly when we're talking. So Helga is a social entrepreneur based in Iceland, having previously been a politician and social advocate there. She talks about women in leadership and why Iceland leads the world in this area. She also talks about the services, legal framework and culture change that has made Iceland number one. Having previously been elected to the Reykjavik City Council, she advocated for better service for women and children in different areas, including mental health. After this, Helga decided to do something more active and she founded Cara Connect to try and make a difference. This is a SaaS platform to enable therapists to deliver services online to clients with full confidentiality. Helga and her team are making a big difference both in Iceland and now in Ireland and she plans to move the business into the UK as well. I, th- I know you're going to enjoy this. This podcast is sponsored by Netzer, Digital First Selling. During these times of COVID and falling telco sales, Digital First Selling is the answer to new customer acquisition, increasing revenues and cost reduction. If you are a telco, an MVNO or an eSIM provider, we have the ideal Digital First Selling as a Service solution for you. The Netzer Digital First Selling solution enables you to sell and onboard remotely. You will integrate with your BSS and OSS systems and with Salesforce, and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so that we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution. Welcome to the podcast this week, and I think you're going to find this a really interesting podcast. So we're going over to Iceland, where there is a volcano currently spewing out lava, and we're going to talk to a very interesting woman, Helga. And Helga, I said just before we start, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name, but please welcome to the podcast and maybe pronounce your name for me. Thank you, Pat. Um, yes, I will... My actually, my first name is Thorbjörg, but I'm I'm skipping it for Thank easy you. purpose. And my last name is Vigfusdóttir. So we have a system in place in Iceland, like the oldest system of naming, um, where my dad's first name is Vigfus, and then I'm his daughter, so it's Vigfusdóttir. Okay. So that's how it's how the system. We don't have fam- family names. Oh really? I, I, no. I, I, so you actually the name is sort of made up uh, every generation, is it? Yes. So I did, my I did not yeah, know so my, my children, we have four. The boys carry their dad's first name and then son, and the girls carry their dad's first name and then daughter. Oh, that's that's a, really interesting. But the reason we're we're talking to Helga is three reasons. One is female leadership, which I think you know a little bit about. The other is your background. You you have a leadership role in, in Icelandic politics, but you've also started a a social enterprise in the mental health area uh, called Cara Connect. We're going to get to all that, um, but so let's just kick off. Yeah, you know, female leadership is there a problem, or you know, what do you, what, what's your view on it? I, you you were saying that Iceland probably has a particularly 
insightful view on this? Well, I think um, we could actually help others because um, what has happened in Iceland is that um, women uh, equality ratings are number one for Iceland in the last eight years. So it's very consistently on the top. And I think what the key has been here is three things. Um, we focused on universal daycare for children, not only to give them quality care, but also as a equalitarian uh, effort to get women to schools and, and work. And this was one of the key factors for me to be able to work and have as many children that I wanted and still trust them to get a very good life in schools. The second would be um, that we have been unafraid of speaking out loud about these issues. And there has been debates, sometimes quite radical debates about uh, what women need to do and to, to receive these um, trajectories that they need to go forward and be leaders, but also from the women's side. And there have been groups of women that have been quite, um, uh, you know, word-wise in a militia kind of a sense, um, mm -hmm. arguing against it um, and saying, hey, this is, this is something that is engraved in our culture that women stay home and we have to change this. So this discussion has moved quite quickly through Okay. and been followed by the politics being in agreement with changing laws. So we have laws on pay gaps. We have laws on, on um, equal shares in boards. So we've implemented it into the law. And that is a huge support towards all the changes because when the politics come in um, and they are in agreement, it's not a political debate. Um, right. Things move quite quickly. So, so did the culture change with the law? Was it how did you feel? Was it the legal system laid uh, the ground for a culture change, or what does it all happen together? Um, the politics pushed it, so really? the politicians were pushing it, and um, with more women in the Congress, it was easier to push and easier to take steps. I mean, we are kind of now the, the challenges there are a lot right now in, in Congress are about um, um, child uh, home home abuse, you know, um, mm -hmm. security at the home and how you can um, charge somebody with um, domestic violence. This has been for ages and in most countries it's really hard to prove. But now um, the police has had for a number of years a chief, uh, women chief, Mm -hmm. and put this on the table and things are changing quite quickly ground up as well so i uh, yes to answer your question there are problems <laughs> yes, and yeah. yes we need to work on it and it's not an not a, a goal that you reach it's a continuation of discussion so okay to keep it intact sure okay well, that's really interesting and, and you were saying that iceland is rated number one or at the very top in terms of women, female empowerment, or you, but still some way to go. Is that is that what you think? I think we always have a bit of a way to go, um, <laughs> but I, I'm proud of, uh, yeah. of our little nation. Um, the report for the last year with the World Economic Forum just shows that we are, you know, still in number one and we're doing the right thing. But you do drop down if you don't keep going. So 
We still mm. have problems. Um, we still have to reach the gender gap uh, problem. And we are seeing uh, another problem actually coming up as a equality measure, which is that boys are dropping out of school in high proportions as opposed to women. Mm-hmm. So this is something that is also being addressed in gender gaps right now. Okay, so you're saying that, uh, and that's sort of maybe a more mature stage, shall we say, is that you are looking at, let's say, both sexes and looking where the one is underachieving and you're trying yeah. to compensate for that. Yeah, that's why I say it's it's a continuation. It's okay. a it's a task, just like another polit- political vision we have to keep control of and and measure so um because equality means that both are doing well and have opportunities to do whatever they want to study and work yeah well as i mentioned to you earlier i took my first trip to iceland three years ago i just found an amazing country really an amazing country amazing people too to be honest um but your your awareness, your um, you got into politics. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is was it the um, uh, uh, Reykjavik City Council? Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm a cognitive psychologist by training. Um, I was mes- uh, I was researching uh, the cognition development in children, and so it was a very strange uh, change to go into politics, I have to admit. (laughs) But my mission was always uh, on those terms. I wanted to uh, focus on the support that people were getting if they had cognitive disabilities or if they were um, mature and and needed more support or, you know, get them to do do even better as, um, um, you know, high IQ level, for example. So I was focused. I went into politics and I did three primaries and did all the all the silly things that you have to do to become a politician, <laughs> um, focusing on you know how we deliver support to people. So as you know, the Nordic system delivers this through the public system, and um, the 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 kind of the flow of things was broken, and it somehow has been growing the need to get help and as. Uh, um, at the same time, the requirement of a society to support your fellow mate that has problems. So the system is growing and the demand is growing. Mm-hmm. But I could see the flow towards help was broken in all kinds of respects. And um, that's where I um, tried to do it from the inside in politics, but it didn't work. So yeah. that's why I left and started my company. Right. So this is, well, first of all, like I know what it takes to start a company. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a, a tough gig. But you you didn't, like maybe this is the wrong on, me part, on my part, but you wouldn't have a strong commercial background when you started the company. No, but I had a high school education that <laughs> was focused on on business. Okay. So I do, oh, you specialize... Even then, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I had a little bit of a glimpse, which is almost sometimes enough for your self-esteem. Um, but um, I also have a father and two granddads were all entrepreneurs. So okay, like it was, I kind of I didn't know when I started the company that this was affecting me, and I hadn't even thought about it. But someone like you in a in an interview asked me, and then I, you know, realized that I did have. Uh, people around me that had been doing this all their life and I just didn't have 
you know, I had hadn't connected the dots. Right. Um, and, and so I think that's that's a right. part of it. And the companies come out of your passion for delivery of services, and specifically, we're talking about mental health. Uh, yes. So I started first another company, which is called Trappa, which means steps in Icelandic. Um, thinking I was just going to do a very cute little service company. Um, so then uh, it's six, seven years ago now, and it was just I was using Zoom, who everyone knows now. Um, and I sat down to the computer, um, speech therapists, speech pathologists, mm-hmm. and then I opened up on the other side with children in schools all over the island. And it was just an amazing uh, task. And it was just so nice. It was a win-win for everyone. You know, the schools and the municipalities finally got the right kind of service. The children finally got help. The professionals were actually getting a lot more done. And, you know, the whole thing was just flowing really nicely. Mm-hmm. So that's when I, a year after in this, I, I decided, okay, we could actually work with a lot of different professionals supporting this. Um, and I met my co-founder, who is a, who is the architect and the designer, and he uh, and I established Kara Connect. And Kara is, excuse me, Kara is a a platform for welfare teams that need to work together and focus on the security part of um, keeping intact all the client history, the. Um, calendars and the GDPR compliance things, the online and offline uh, logs and questionnaires and all these things in one place. So that's what we're building and I've been building for five years now. And it's been very successful. And you're, It's not only Iceland now where you've launched the service. No, we're actually working in Ireland with um, great charities like Adapt Services and Mental Help, Mental Link, Help Link, sorry, Mental Help Link. Um, we're also working with uh, clinics, like regular psychotherapist or psychology clinics, and we're in discussion with many more. So we have, uh, you know, different portfolios that we work with: um, alcohol support systems, uh, nutritionists, um, all kinds of professional service providers that have have a challenge. They have a challenge in that there there um, there is more demand than they can supply. Um, they also have a lot of administrative tasks that you know of that are actually just, you know, in every every business. Mm-hmm. But they also are, haven't taken any digital steps for many, many years. Um, and now you can use digital tools to shorten these steps and almost go take them into oblivion of your desk. So um, you can reach more clients and and. Those that use Cara for the clinic, they can increase their profits from fifteen to forty percent. Okay, very good. As you probably know, Cara—I don't know if it's the same Icelandic means friend and Gaelic. Yes, um, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's more beautiful. It's it's an, it's a women's name in Iceland. Oh yeah. But it's also the Spanish word for face. Cara. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I, I love, well, I mean, on, looking, I was re- listening to a podcast. Um, Few, about two weeks ago, and a lot of Icelandic peoples back in during the time of the Viking were were basically slaves. A lot of them taken from Ireland, so I understand a lot of the Icelandic gene pool is the same as the Irish gene pool. From yes, we are a mix of the Norwegian 
and the Irish. So, yeah. yeah. Well, so getting, that, that's where you get the blonde ones from. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, my days of blonde are gone. But, uh. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Well, well, I think, I mean, we're only 360,000 people. So it's a very rare uh, mix, actually. Right. I, I mean, I can tell you, like in Ireland, mental health is still stigmatized. People see it. People say to you, like, if you break your leg, you go and see a doctor, but you know, how do you know if your if your mind is you know not a hundred percent? And you certainly people don't talk about it here in Ireland. It's it's still something that isn't particularly among men. Uh, it's not something that's talked about. Yes, uh, it's interesting. I haven't I haven't, but yes, I mean, um, also what we're doing here with uh, the platform is, for example, working with child protection services trying to, with a focus, with a social impact focus, and I thank you for introducing me as such, because that's a huge core, you know, the focus that a person that is in the system today needs to talk to the justice department, municipality, health department, and it's a lot of systems that don't connect together. So we look at ourselves as a disruptive force for the client that finally can keep a tap on what's happening in their portal, but on the other side, the professional can also move the private, the person that needs help to from one place to the other. You know, that's the huge vision. Um, trying to say, you know, the system is here for you, but not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I say uh, therapy works well with technology. You know, it's not like the doctor has to give you a test is the test is the talking i guess and the, and the facial right. expressions so yes. and what you're saying is clearly there's there's it's if we say the horrible word efficiency but that that is a factor in life it's efficient but also is it some way a bit more personal for people like they're in their home they can talk to somebody they don't have to go out well we we look at um professional services as all kinds. You can do a, a phone call, you can do a chat, you can do an online video call, and you can meet in person. And what happens with all these new tools is that the professionals will um, kind of change the way that they meet people. So mm -hmm. they will do a professional, like a meeting that we are doing right now, but they will also do a, a meeting face-to-face, -face, but they might, might be offering 15 minutes of a session instead of a an hour online. So it will change the way therapy is conducted. Um, it's gonna happen slowly, but surely. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what I think is that you just have to provide the professional with all these tools because they, they will, you know, maybe somebody doesn't wanna show their face. So they turn off their camera. Yeah. Um, maybe they only wanna meet in person. So you have to just keep the log about that client intact in one place okay. and a secure place, you know, that's, that's, nobody is really worried about it during COVID, but there will be um, a step down from authorities on using secure tools for these things going forward. Yeah, no, clearly because client confidentiality and so on. Now, yeah. What are your ambitions for the company, Helga? I mean, it's, are you going to take over Europe? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, knowing um, how this, disruption idea is complicated I and mean, it's complicated because you have to get a lot of people together 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think our plan is to try. I mean, we love talking to people in Ireland. We love that market. So our focus for the next year is Ireland and then introducing Cara to the UK. And little by little, we'll try to um, change the platform so that anyone in the world can use it. But in the beginning, while onboarding takes time, people people are still in a change phase. Mm-hmm. We will support them more. We will talk to them more and and tell them what they need to do to change this. And and that's where we are. And I think I do have a vision that this is a at least a European company. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that our social impact resonates as well in every state in the US, maybe one or two states. Um, But, you know, we, Europe does have a different singularity idea about helping each other. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And this, you walk the line in social enterprise between the profit motive and um, the the general benefit to society, I guess. So that's, it's an interesting line to walk. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, Helga, that's been brilliant. Thanks. Um, on this podcast, you are required by law to nominate the outro song. <laughs> so what are you thinking? Okay. So I didn't have very much time here. But no, you know, I love, you I love um, Sigurros. Do you know Sigurros? I do, yeah. Yeah. So I actually love their uh, title, Star Alvers. Okay, now I'm not gonna, you're going to have to send me a link for that because I won't. I, w- I will. I will send you a link. Um, it it really um, is a song that you want to listen to again and again. Okay. And, but it it's just so beautiful and it really resonates from the Icelandic nature. So sending okay, that over to you. That is brilliant, and uh, we're all going to enjoy that. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Pat.
that I 